Are you struggling to find your purpose in life? Do you feel like something is missing and you need some guidance? Do you often feel unfulfilled with what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, I'm here to tell you, you don't have to feel that way anymore. I'm here to help you through your journey in life to gain clarity, find purpose, and passion. My name is Jose Miguel Longo. I'm a gay Hispanic, a husband, dog daddy, advocate for social justice, and DEI ally for all LGBTQ+, a career and life coach and millennial born in 1983. I have spent my time since the age of 14 working my way around the world of work. I know my God-given talents are to help those around me to gain clarity in their lives while finding their passion and purpose. For the last decade, I've spent my time coaching college students and alums from all three generations, X, Y, and Z, and designing their career stories and mapping what they want to do in their lives. Whether it's gaining clarity in who you are and what you're meant to do, learning to build a resume or write a cover letter, holding you accountable and building your career journey, or designing your life, the podcast Coaching for Millennials is a how-to guide for all things career, life, and a sprinkle of everything in between. It is an all-inclusive space for meaningful conversations on topics happening in our world right now. It is a space for people to go on a holistic journey in uncovering their passion and purpose. I'm here for all generations, no matter what you identify as. If you're seeking to transition from a career industry or job to another, or ready to transform your life completely, I got you, boo. Whatever the fantasy you're trying to create, let me make it happen. If you're ready to start the journey to explore your passion and purpose, get focused on gaining clarity to transform you to a place that will fuel you, inspire you, and sprinkle some joy and laughter in between, it's time to dive into Coaching for Millennials. What's going on, Chatters? Welcome to another episode of Coaching for Millennials. In this week's episode, I want to just share some information that I think is super, super duper important and everyone should be practicing on a regular basis. And it's called self-care. And the reason I am bringing this up in today's episode for this week um, is because I, as a person, as a gay male, I practice self-care on a regular basis. Um, one of my favorite things to do is use uh, face masks and do face scrubs. Uh, my skin is super, super important to me. And for me, that is one of my ways to find ultimate relaxation and really kind of just connect with my self and with my body. And it's just one of the ways that I practice self-care. But I'm not here to talk about just face masks and other forms of self-care. I want to share something with you that I experienced recently um, that kind of threw me off my game. And for the past week and a half, I've been trying to figure out what was physically wrong with me. So I'm going to dive deep. And for those of you who are listening to this, if you're not used to listening to TMI, meaning too much information, you may want to tune out of this episode because I'm going to get personal and I'm going to get um, real. Um, and so I, about a week and a half ago, I was in the shower and I noticed that something was off 
with my left testicle. And I have no idea where it came from. It felt extremely larger than normal. And I got nervous. And I told my husband, I was like, um, something's wrong. I'm not sure what's going on here. And so I showed it to him and he's like, um, you should call the doctor. So this was on a Saturday. I had to wait until Monday to call the doctor. And when I called the doctor on Monday, the doctor couldn't see me, which was not a surprise. But I was able to get in the very next morning. And upon examining, the doctor said, well, it can be one of two things. It could either be a hernia or a hydrocell. So immediately upon getting that um, you know, possible diagnosis, I started to Google because we all Google things when we think we have a sense of what we're doing. And even if we didn't think we knew what we were doing, we were still going to Google anyways. Long story short, um, I ultimately, after reading and doing a lot of deep diving on the interweb, realized that it was not a hernia because my husband had a hernia um, a few years ago and he had surgery for that and I remember going through that experience with him and my ex had a hernia when we were together that I also helped him in the recovery process too and so nothing about my situation screamed hernia. I have to also share that I am not in pain I'm just really uncomfortable so uncomfortable to just be physically in any space and I think part of my uncomfortableness comes from the the feeling of it and you know knowing that it's there and I think also the unknown of what it is and what you know what the next steps are um so after after seeing the doctor um he immediately recommended that I go have an ultrasound done and so after the the ultrasound, which was last Wednesday, um, you know, I was kind of patiently waiting for the doctor to get back to me with what the results were. But the one thing about the ultrasound was that the tech just kept asking me, did I hurt myself? Did you do anything to hurt yourself? And that wasn't really helpful or, you know, made me feel better because I'm just like, what are you seeing? And of course, there was no response to the situation. And, you know, for me, when I'm stressed out, especially like with something like this, I tend to look humor in things. I was like, so clearly there's a peach down there compared to the almond, right? And the, the, the tech was like finding humor and not finding humor in it. You know, literally, I was trying to make light of the situation, but I don't think that it really helped her um in the process and ultimately it was just as uncomfortable for me as it is for her but that's her job and it's not mine um so while waiting for to hear from the doctor i'm still anxious i'm still nervous i have no idea what's going on with um fast forward to yesterday or not yesterday but tuesday i called i called the doctor's office and i asked like look you know i haven't heard sorry monday not tuesday um I haven't heard back. I thought I would hear back from now. Do you have a sense what it is? And he's like, yes, it is a hydrocell. Um, so if you want to know what a hydrocell is, you can Google it. Um, and I'm waiting to hear from the urologist uh, with hopefully 
possible, well, scheduling a consultation appointment slash um, formal diagnosis and then figuring out next steps. But to kind of summarize this really awkwardly long story, the moral of the story is practicing self-care with yourself and your body is important to recognize when something is not right um, or when something is wrong. Especially with men, we tend to pretend something, we tend to pretend things are okay until something goes wrong. And I actually had a conversation um, with my ex to ask him what his experience was with the hernia and because his was a groin hernia. And I wanted to know more about like what that was before I made any conclusions or assumptions. And coincidentally, he has the same thing. And he waited almost a year before he went to a doctor and I'm like wait why you don't have no idea what it could have been why would you wait and I think the part that causes people to wait is the fear of the unknown and not actually actively taking action to learn what it could be to rectify the situation if something is wrong with your body that is why there are medical professionals to help you provide sense of what could be wrong with a formal diagnosis. And if you feel like the diagnosis they gave you is not one that you agree with, then go seek a second opinion. It's not up to, I mean, yeah, it is your body. You can do whatever you want. But I don't think I could ever live with knowing that something is not right with, especially in like that area. I mean, for guys, that is like your jewels. That is your your sacred space. They're the you know, all the names that come with it, the Franks and the Beans and however you want to describe them. Um, I think that's one place you definitely don't want to risk something potentially being wrong. The other thing is testicular cancer in men is on the rise. And that's something to be really aware of when it comes to your body. Um, being a 38-year-old male, I have to say that in the last year, I've been forced to really look really carefully at how I change my health habits and how I change my awareness around my health so that I can have a more healthier life in the future. Last year, I was diagnosed with diverticulitis and that uncovered a bunch of things that I didn't know from when I was younger. You know, why was I always killed over sitting in the toilet, dying of pain after eating rice and beans? As a Latino, Hispanic, Dominicans, and Puerto Ricans, and most Hispanic cultures eat a lot of rice and beans. And for as a child, you don't know, you eat what you're told to eat. And in my house, it was rice and beans every day. As a grown adult, I don't eat it. Um, you know, I eat it on a special occasion, and I'm really cautious on how I prep it, prepare it so that it doesn't really impact me as much. But you know, going back to all of this, the moral is is that take care of your body, get yourself regularly checked up. For the women who listen to the show, you know, mammograms. I believe that. 
almost all insurances by now offer one free mammogram a year with your insurance. And if you don't have that with your insurance, you can still get a free mammogram because most places offer it. Breast cancer is also a common thing amongst women. Um, And also going to visit your gynecologist. I think that's also important having that awareness. I can't preach that enough in this conversation with you today. I have to tell you that I my my reason for being off was because I really really felt uncomfortable. I felt off about myself and off about my body. It really tripped me up in a way that I have never been tripped by. And then you add all the other stressors that I've had going on in my life between my job and you know, I enjoy my work with my clients and my work with the podcast and all those things. But that also is an added stress slash pressure when you're trying to do all the things and your health is in a weird spa- weird place slash space because you don't know what's wrong with you. So, he, and so the, the premise behind all this is go get checked. And if something is wrong seek medical attention. Now, I want to dive in into a little bit of what are some things you can do as a person to help you be more aware and to get you practicing more self-care. And self-care is one of those things that everyone has the ability to do. I think what people struggle to do is really give themselves their space to practice it because they lack the awareness of what self-care is. So to just clarify a little bit of what self-care is and what you can do, it's the process and the action of actually being with oneself um, or with others, because you can do it with other people, um, to really reflect, to... um, Breathe, smell, sense, process, and engage in yourself. And and this is not this is just me kind of taking what I know and my awareness of it and giving you a definition of what it could be. By all means, look it up if you want. Um, nevertheless, I I think that you have to really. Pencil it in if you have to. Self-care Sundays is very common. For me, it is the probably the one day a week where I probably do practice it much or practice it the most, but not always consistently and not as consistently as I'd like to. Um, but definitely where I say, okay, yep, it's the weekend. I'm going to put on my face mask and detoxify my skin. Um, other ways of practicing self-care are to really just treat yourself to the things that you may not normally do. So sometimes it could be a massage or a pedicure. Um, Maybe it's spending the afternoon shopping or going into a nice cafe, your local cafe, and, you know, buying yourself an expensive coffee and reading a book. Um, Or, you know, taking yourself on a fancy vacation. Whatever that might be for you, where you're actually in the conscious peace in your mind and your soul and your body, that is self-care. I want to share with you some tips that I've practiced over the years within my self-care practices 
that have really helped me fundamentally be more grounded. And I always come back to some of the same things, and I think I've mentioned this before because in the podcast and the show, we've talked about mindfulness, we've talked about meditation, we've talked about um, journaling, we've talked about other different forms of self-care. I'll mention some of those here, but this is kind of like my top 10 list to help you get started in creating some best practices around self-care. So number one, and I think this is one that I have to take my own advice as well as I'm going through this journey and really in the things that I'm transitioning through. Um, Number one is practice saying no. And the the reason I identify this as a good self-care practice is because we all are guilty of adding so much to our plate that we end up feeling overwhelmed and stressed out and anxious and upset when we end up saying yes to the things that ultimately don't provide us with the energy of wanting to do them. And we say yes because we want to do right by others and we want to be a good person. But and the reality of it is, is that you're the only person that can control your time, your energy, and your efforts. And if something doesn't bring you joy, then don't do it. And at the same time, practicing saying no to things is giving you back the space and the time that you can control giving yourself the white space in your calendar for the things that are more meaningful to you and that are much more important. Saying no is also one of those things that people, when they start to do that, they start to realize how they can control the narrative and the behavior of what they're feeling and thinking in their mind. Remember in a couple of episodes ago, I mentioned the behaviors um, that really stimulate people in their mindfulness journey and how to practice those behaviors. So number one is practicing no. Number two, um, creating a list of positive ideas and thoughts. And the reason I think of this as a good self-care practice is because we all need to boost our confidence. No matter who you are, I don't care if you're the happiest person in the world. Everyone needs to elevate and boost their self-confidence. We all, we're human and it's in our DNA and how our brain works to have self-doubt and to feel like we're not enough. And it's not about just those things. It's also about giving you a healthy dose and creating a healthy habit of preparing mantras or affirmations. Um, This doesn't have to be um, a list of just quotes or a list of the things that you like to do. It could be a list of the things that you've accomplished to demonstrate how you're worth and what you've achieved to showcase how proud you are. It could be a list of things that you want to accomplish and giving yourself some timelines but things that are positive, and maybe it could be like a bucket list. Um, There's so many things that can demonstrate positivity um, and can be just a culmination of them. One of the things that I find most effective is using a journal that has prompts that can help you with writing down the positivity list. 
and being able to help you identify the things that are most impactful to you. Um, There's a couple of journals that I always talk about and recommend, especially on the show. The one journal I use with all of my clients is called Affirmation Hacks. And this particular journal is one that provides daily affirmations with each entry and creates prompts to help the person think more about their self-awareness, to lift up their self-confidence, to practice self-love. So it's really a holistic journal. Um, It's one that's uh, 28 days long, and then there's two days of a break, and then you start over again um, the following month, and each month is a different theme and a different journey. And what I do with my clients is that they complete the journal entry and then they take a picture and we kind of talk about it and discuss it. And that's kind of how we work um, our back and forth coaching to me, for me to see their progress um, in between sessions. Another really useful journal that I would recommend if you, all, if you like a, a prompted journal is the self journal. It's the best self journal. And this one's super, super important, or not important, but like super helpful because it's guided with um, positivity quotes, affirmations, um, has a couple of different exercises you can do. Um, it's 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 not by month, it's kind of like six months maybe. I really have to go back and look at mine because it's been a while since I've looked at it, but it, it gives you a calendar, but it also gives you where you can put daily entries followed by prompts. So really depending on your style, you might want a free flow style. I prefer prompts with guided information, um, but only because I like it, let, it gives me motivation and inspiration. And that for me is important. Um, And another form of a journal, which has been my most favorite personally, um, is the Horatio Printing Journals. And these are journals that have been created by this amazing woman. Her name is Polly. And they essentially are based on seasons. And I'm still in season one. I've kind of put it down and picked it back up. But essentially, the journal is based off of a scripture of the Bible, and each each prompt or each day when you actually do it, for me, it's been kind of inconsistent. Um, when you do the prompt, it basically gives you a translation of what the Bible verse means, and then it asks you to provide your version of the translation and what you want God to give you and what you're looking for God so that you can establish a stronger connection relationship. Um, For me, why I value this is because I haven't had the best relationship with God. I stopped practicing or going to church and, you know, believing in the faith from a very young age. I went from being a child to going to church every Sunday and going to Sunday school and doing everything up into my confirmation and then kind of stopped going to church. And, you know, as a gay man, it was hard to believe in the church with all the things that the church says and what the Catholic church believes in. So it was a struggle to really, you know, decide to stick with going with church and believing what it was. And as I got older in the last year and a half, almost two years, 
I wanted to have a stronger connection with God because I have faith. And so no matter what your religion is and no matter what God you believe in, these scriptures are consistent and you're able to re really translate them into your own beliefs and what you want to practice. So that's the Horatio print, um, Horatio printing. Those are essentially uh, a series. So there's four volumes and each volume is a season. Um, the journal is actually called Seasons of Soap. And I actually came into my first one by my good friend, Stephanie Gass. Um, so creating your list can be so many different things. You know, it's really more about what really is going to inspire you, motivate you. I know I went into a tangent about journals, but I think it's important to share that. So that was number two. Number three is attitude of gratitude. And I could probably say that number three should be number one, but whatever. Um, I think gratitude is everything. Being able to practice that mindset could really impact your life in ways that you don't even know. And when you recognize what you have and what you're grateful for and praying to God and asking God for for that gratitude and you recognizing thank you so much for God for this for the everything you've given me like you have the ability to wake up every single day and breathe that is an amazing thing that you should be grateful for and then it's your family it's your health it's the fact that you you can eat and you can walk like all these things are things to be grateful for so when you're able to start your day and be in that zone and practice that mindset that will give you tremendous amount of motivation inspiration and creative to really lean into all the things as you're trying to think about your self-care so one of the things is you could have a gratitude journal um, or find a journal that has those types of prompts. The Affirmation Hack does have gratitude prompts. Um, or you can, there's a really cool, um, it's kind of like a calendar with prompts on it, but it's a gratitude one. That's also super helpful. Um, but I think for everyone, what's most important is to, on a daily basis, really practice and talk about what you're grateful for so that it becomes part of your routine. Number four is feed yourself some humor. Um, I mentioned earlier how I tried interjecting humor into my conversation with the ultrasound tech. The nurse at my doctor's office definitely found me humorous, but that ultrasound tech was not too happy with my analogies. Um, you know, I think the joy of laughter speaks volumes to how our bodies react. They say that, I don't know the exact quote, so forgive me for this, but I'm going to try and make the analogy that people say. So they say that smiling and laughing give, add so many years back to your life. Is that the saying? I can't remember exactly what it is. But I think it's really important to find things that give you laughter and that really help you smile and give you like that energy and gives you that ability to really connect with yourself. I was watching um, a show 
last week and going through this whole process, I laughed so damn hard. And I don't even know that it was that funny, but it just made me laugh so hard. Um, and just being connected to that was was good. It, it made me disconnect from the emotions that I was going through and trying to process all the things and really, um, you know, make me feel grounded. You know, I have to say that this whole experience of what I'm going through, I'm not dying. There's nothing really seriously wrong with me, but it freaked me the fuck out. So that's where I'm at with that and why it kind of caused me to like pump the brakes and a lot of things that I've been working on just to give myself the time to process and really understand what's truly happening. I only know what's wrong, but I don't know what the next steps are. I have assumptions of what it is, but of course I, I'm i gonna wait until I know from a professional. So, um, you know, feeding yourself the humor is really going to be pivotal for people to inject that, that sense of laughter that can bring you so much joy, even if it's for a brief period and moment of time. Um, it's really healing, I have to say. Um, number five is rest. And I'm guilty of number five. I don't practice rest enough. I actually started to um, take medication um, to help me sleep. Uh, for me, that was one of the things that I struggled with the most to kind of kind of to kind of come full circle in my journey a little bit with self-care. Um, since I was a young kid, I struggled with sleeping. I had really bad, I don't want to say insomnia, but like I've always been a night owl and I struggled to like, even if I was in bed, I'd be lying wide awake. And as I got older, it's it's become a problem more so than it used to be because I'm getting older and I'm more tired and I shouldn't be sleeping more. And I normally, typically on a, on a regular average night, would get between four and five hours. And when I met with my doctor, you know, it was affecting my weight, it was affecting my mood, and it was affecting all these different things. I'm just like, look, I'm really to make some serious changes here. I don't know what you can do to help me. I've been taking melatonin and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I've tried a couple of different types of melatonin. And I really am not one of those people who, I don't like taking drugs, but I believe that drugs do work and they're effective. So I've been on this medication that's been super, super effective and um, it's really changed me and it's really helped me because I'm actually getting, you know, seven to eight hours of sleep when I actually take it early enough. And I'm not, you know, groggy and I'm not tired and it's it's been great. But rest is so important for your mind, for your body. It's so important for your muscles and your brain to relax and for it to recoup and to stabilize your mood. There's so many things that impact your whole entire circulatory and nervous system when you don't get the necessary rest. Um, and, you know, your your body will start to react a certain way if you don't. So developing a healthy sleeping habit is really, really important. Um believe me, because <laughs> it can hurt you in the long run. So number six, um, feed your soul with music. I'm such a music lover. As a millennial growing up in the 80s and 90s, music was always around me. And I have always been obsessed with dance music. 
um, especially the 90s dance music, because let's get real, people. It is one of the best decades of dance music, but I have to say I grew up listening to Spanish music, but I also, as I became more Americanized, because I grew up in a house with Dominicans, and, you know, it wasn't until I went to school that I learned English, um, I was, everything was bachata, merengue, salsa, um, cumbia, uh, just all the mixed and blends of different Spanish cultures in, in, in the music. And listening to American music, I started to enjoy um, pop and dance and um, alternative and alternative rock and classic rock. So it's just very immersed in the genres and a very diverse, eclectic mix of music. My favorite genre, I have to say, uh, is definitely EDM. Um, yeah, for me, EDM is everything. And it's not just about how the music sounds. It's about what the artists do to create their music and the melodies behind it. And there's so many types and variations of how EDM sounds that I think that everyone can definitely find some form of EDM that they like. I remember when EDM was really underground and for me it was so powerful to just be in tune with the sound of the music. Back then it was house and trance and there weren't very many very many DJs that were really creating this type of music and it's actually really blown up in the last 10 to 15 years. But for music, I think you have to really look at what feeds your soul, what really calls to you. Sometimes listening to a really smooth, chill melody of, a, of whether it's a, a saxophone or a flute or a piano or a guitar, um, find what really can calm your soul and what speaks to you. Number seven, get moving and get physical. Let's get physical, physical. I want to get physical. I don't know the rest of the words, and I'm going to stop singing. But yeah, move. Move your body. It's so important. I have to tell you that when I noticed the situation with my balls, I stopped riding the bike. My last time riding was the Friday before I noticed it. And... I panicked because I thought it was something due to writing. And until I didn't speak to the doctor, or at least knew what it was, I didn't want to ride because I wasn't sure if it was going to make it worse. And so I felt like shit, to be quite honest. I had worked so hard for the last four and a half months to build up my stamina and build up my endurance and just getting into a better physical shape. Like the coronavirus caused me to gain almost 40 pounds, like no joke. And I emotionally checked out out of my physical health and let myself go. And it was the heaviest I had been in a really long time, almost 10 years. But it was also due to all the things that everybody was feeling as well. The anxiousness of being in locked in and indoors and just the ease of being able to eat with food. And <clears throat> let me tell you, I mean, food is so important to me. I love to eat and I actually live a healthier lifestyle probably when it comes to food now today than I have in years, especially after finding out that I have diverticulitis. So 
getting back into shape was really, really important to me. And in a month and a half, I lost 20 some odd pounds. I don't know exactly how much, but it was a little bit over 20 pounds. Um, and I think that for people who struggle right now to find what they can do to really get physical, I'm going to tell you right now, walking is the most basic, easiest form of any type of exercise you can do. Walking for 30 minutes a day can change your life so dramatically you have no idea. And if you're, you know, wanting to get back into shape, there are tons of YouTube videos out there of people who are just wanting to share what their workouts are because they want to give it away for free. You don't have to find an expensive trainer <clears throat> and you don't have to go to a gym. I literally, since getting the Peloton, I, I had resistance bands because I was using them before, but I have a whole set of resistance bands. I bought kettlebells and I have dumbbell weights. And I actually have a couple of, um, what is it, streaming um, memberships towards kettlebell per workouts. And then the Peloton itself has a slew of stuff on the app. There's so much you can do that doesn't require you to go to the gym. I know for me, the gym was a situation where I could not go into a gym wearing a mask because I sweat just from eating, no joke. There was no way that I was going to be able to function to work out doing lifting and cardio equipment with a mask on and sweating. It just wasn't going to work for me. So I knew that that wasn't going to work for me and I had to find an alternative. And I have to say, writing the card, like doing cardio has been super helpful to lose weight. It was a great way to get my um, my weight loss jump started. And now that I'm getting closer to my goal weight, I'm probably going to start adding in more weight training because that's where I want to build my muscle. And I'll probably gain weight with adding muscle, but ultimately I'm down the body fat percentage that I needed probably still have a long way to go. I think the average body fat, and Matt, don't quote me on this, could be somewhere between 10 and 15%. I was definitely a lot higher. And bear in mind, you should probably talk to your doctor as to where your BMI should be because it's different for everybody based on their height. Um, so you, we may be at a different range. But anyway... Getting back to getting moving, basic walking, fundamentally the easiest thing you can do. Um, so number eight, learn something new. And I think with this is something that could be fun. Um, it could be probably, you know, maybe it's learning a new language or learning a new recipe or reading a book that's a different genre or category that you're used to. Learning something new is going to stimulate your mind and stimulate your senses, and whether it's something you do for cooking or something you do, um, maybe it's planting and gardening. It, it, there's so many things you can do um, that can really help you every which way possible. So learning something new. Um, number nine, meet new people. I know that the world is slowly starting to open up. Um, thoughts and prayers to our friends and brothers and sisters in Brazil and in India, um, because we know that the coronavirus is really rapid in those two countries. 
But as we as a, as we in the United States are trying to and starting to open up more, you know, getting out there and meeting new people and being able to do things that we used to do is going to be part of our lives again. And when you talk about self-care, learning about others and their uniqueness and their culture and who they are is really something that's simulating to your mind. And it could really be a huge impact on your mood and building connections and establishing relationships. So I say meet new people because I think it's one of those things that can really impact you in more ways than you would think. And last but not least, ask for help. Everyone who is going through something or struggling or is being impacted, whether you're feeling anxious, nervous, sad, depressed, um, any type of mental health struggle or emotional struggle, I would encourage you to ask for help. Reach out to your doctor, ask for a referral for a therapist, find ways to ask for help. I'm guilty of not asking for enough help at all. I think for me, it stems from doing everything on my own from a very young age and not having a support system. I know now it's a little different and I should practice it more, but I still struggle with that. But I am conscious of when I do need to ask for help. I would say for people that asking for help is so important to our everyday lives. People genuinely want to help others. And I think it's also important to recognize that when you're thinking about self-care and taking care of yourself, asking for help is part of the journey. There's people out there, especially coaches and mentors, who are always wanting to help others. So if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're struggling to either find um, a better way of connecting with yourself and struggling to find what you want to do with your life or really figure out the things that you enjoy the most and how to bring them to fruition, you know, reach out. I'm happy to have a conversation. Um, No charge to having a conversation, seriously. I'm here for anything and everyone who is looking to chat. Um, And if you're interested in coaching, we can talk about that too. No worries. But practicing self-care is definitely something that should be part of everyone's um, daily, weekly, or monthly routine. Fit it in where you can. And remember to check yourself. um, Check yourself frequently, especially for the guys out there. Your balls are (laughs) such an important part of your body. Obviously, people who who recognize that and appreciate that, I think it's really important to share. And I wanted to make sure that if I could have a platform to share my story and if it helps people in any which way, I thought it would be important to share. I know it might be a little too personal, but ultimately, it's my story to share and I'm not shy of sharing it. And for the ladies who are listening to this, um, you know, if you have a significant other that is a male, and please encourage them to check themselves. And you as a lady, please check for a regular mammogram if you haven't gone or go to your OBGYN. Having said all that, my friends, thank you so much for tuning in and for being so patient with me. Season two got off to a rough start and I'm so sorry that I've been off my A game, but I'm here and I guess I'm queer, um, but I'm back and I'm so excited to bring you so much more content. Um, Again, you're all amazing and thank you for being part of this journey with me. 
I hope you have a blessed day and I can't wait for the next one. All my love. Hey, Chit Chatter. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. If you found value in today's episode, be sure to share it with the world. We welcome everyone for listening. And if you'd like, please go on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Those reviews mean everything to me and they help the show grow, as well as for me to know what topics you want to hear from next. Be sure to go visit to coachingwithjoseamiguel.com or Coaching for Millennials for more up-to-date content, newsletters, blogs, information about coaching for life and career. Thank you so much for being a part of our magical world and for being part of this program. I can't wait to the next episode.